Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Gershon Gorin, the CEO of Cangrade. They create models for success, interview tools, and onboarding and upskilling solutions. We're going to talk about data in HR, the evolution of AI, and where it's all heading on this edition of PeopleTech. Hi, Gershon. Thanks for coming in. Can you tell me about Cangradic? What do you folks do? So our mission in the world is uh, to create uh, data-powered recruitment and uh, talent management. So uh, we started in the world where AI was not uh, yet a thing. It was in 2014, or it was a thing, but uh, but was not mentioned a lot. So we uh, initially labeled it as uh, as really predictive analytics, but, uh, but what we do is using machine learning techniques in order to uh, accurately uh, and bias-free uh, um, predict uh, the possible success of uh, candidates uh, in jobs. Now, a lot about AI in talent acquisition has been in the news lately, especially with uh, chat AI's efforts um, really going like wildfire. Wild, wildfire, excuse me. Um, but the the attention to AI seems to happen every few years, and I wonder what's your read of it all this time around. Is is this a true wave of true AI, or is it just marketing speak? I think it's a little bit of both, and uh, clearly, uh, what we're seeing lately with this uh, large language models is uh, is a big uh, big leap into a uh, kind of the new era and uh and i think we should totally be ready and expect for uh, ai to become uh, a significant part of our life and uh, it will impact us in all kinds of way uh which are impossible to predict including what will happen in uh in the field of uh, talent management, um, it's definitely been long coming, and uh, and it only might seem like uh, something new to people who were not paying attention to this field before, which is totally fine. It was definitely uh, uh, something that uh, was very much uh, used by companies for at least decade in uh, in different versions, uh, but uh, large large language model uh, type of AI, the generative AI definitely made a lot of headlines, frankly, because it seems uh, more capable and almost sentient, which it's not, uh, but uh, its ability to um, to have a, basically a response that uh, resembles uh, human responses uh, is definitely, definitely very uh, intriguing and has uh, uh, definitely a lot of implications going forward. How much of this is about uh, changes on the customer side, on the user side? I mean, the developers of AI applications are always going to be out there pushing their their products and their work. But is the audience more receptive this time? Clearly, clearly. I mean, just judging from... Uh, from uh, chat GPT uh, traction on the market and uh, 
and this immense uh, user base that they were able to uh, acquire in a very short period of time. This was record-breaking. So people are clearly uh, paying attention to this. People are clearly uh, starting to adopt it in all kinds of ways. And, um, and I think it's only the beginning, truly, for this type of technology to, uh, to again, impact us in all kinds of ways. This is only early days of it. They've also have uh, big brand names involved this time more openly. And I'm thinking about Microsoft and Google. Um, and I know sure. there are others. Um, what impact has that had? How, how does that fit into the equation? You mean in uh, talent management? Yeah. I don't think anyone has a, a clear picture yet how it, it impacts uh, talent management. And uh, what it, uh, is very clear to me that in talent management, uh, the adoption will not be super fast. Uh, in big part because of the recognition of, uh, of the potential risks attached to this type of technology, possible uh, biases and inaccuracies. And, uh, and I think it's, uh, it's well-merited concerns. Uh, and uh, I expect uh, uh, this area to be regulated. And uh, there's going to be a lot of compliance questions with regards to this type of technology. So, so I think uh, actually HR uh, will kind of move to this space uh, with somewhat more caution than, uh, than other fields, but, uh, but there are parts of HR that will probably adopt it faster than others. And, uh, and I think actually uh, the sourcing will be, uh, will be um, very um, impacted by this in, uh, in very short term, uh, because sourcing of candidates is, uh, is in many ways similar to, uh, to marketing, right? And, uh, and marketing uh, is definitely getting supercharged by uh, by the ability to uh, to personalize content and personalize messaging to the audience, and that's exactly what will happen uh, for essentially sourcing candidates, uh, and that that's probably a good thing. Uh, I think there's going to be a slower progress in uh, when it comes to uh, to talent selection and screening. Uh, there's definitely going to be more risks in uh, in using this type of technology for uh, identifying the right fit because, again, all the possible ways in which it can go wrong. The area where I think uh, it's going to be really exciting is actually uh, development and uh, and learning and onboarding. That's uh, that's where possibilities are just mind blowing, and and I think the slightly longer term uh, what will happen is uh, there's definitely going to be a use of AI for selecting uh, candidates and sourcing candidates and uh, and the criteria will probably be broadened for the type of talents that uh, will consider to be qualified the criteria will be different it's not necessarily going to be uh, based on uh, on resume or even or even uh, experience but uh, but it will be more potential driven and uh, and the training and onboarding uh, and ramping up the, the hires will will start immediately and it will be uh, just much more personalized and much more uh, um, I guess faster probably from 
from the moment you accept the offer it will start and uh, and it will be primarily driven by uh, by this ai technology uh, the expense uh, from company's perspective uh, on training the new employees will be vastly diminished um what about bias i mean that's that's a common concern today um in ai but how does that fit in or what kind of concern is that given that uh, I, I think it's a huge concern and uh, and uh, i think bias is, is something that is very endemic to uh, to ai technologies in general and there are differences between different types of ai and uh, in some uh, types of ai uh, it's easier to control for biases than others so uh, specifically, I want to delineate between uh, what is known as narrow AI, which is actually something that uh, has been already in use by many companies for at least a decade. <laughs> and that is, uh, for, the, for the purpose of this conversation, actually what uh, Kengri does. Narrow AI focuses on very specific uh, types of uh, uh, data and very specific types of outputs that uh, it's uh, aiming to predict the in these types of uh, situations when data is more well defined it's also easier to uh, to control for biases and essentially drive them out uh, in generative ai which is completely generic and it learns on for the lack of better terms uh, on everything that exists on the internet uh, it's order of magnitude harder to uh, to predict all the ways in which this can go wrong and uh, and, uh, and biases can creep in. So for that purpose, I actually, I don't envision uh, generative AI to be particularly useful in uh, questions that have to do with essentially decisions about candidates or employees, about their placement, about their hiring. Uh, I think it's uh, it's still a long shot before this uh, this type of technology can actually uh, reliably make these types of decisions and not uh, risking some uh, some really spectacular failures and uh, and biases and and this is already something that uh, happened that uh, it was attempted um it uh, it was already deemed as uh, as potentially dangerous so uh, I'm sure you've heard about uh, Amazon uh, doing something along those lines uh, a few years ago and only to realize that uh, they were severely discriminating female employees in doing so. So uh, I think actually in the talent acquisition uh, selection, candidate selection part, uh, the narrow AI will still uh, dominate the field. Uh, it's much more reliable. It's, uh, it's much more explainable. Mm -hmm. uh, the data types are uh, much more specific, and uh, and they can be easily demonstrated as as something that is valid and and indeed predicting employee success. Um, so so that that area is better understood, and uh, and ways in which biases can be uh, reined in are also uh, existing. And in fact, uh, Ken Grade even hired, uh, filed uh, uh, a patent for uh, for cleaning biases from uh, this type of selection algorithms. 
and obviously others doing similar things. So, so that is what my money is on for uh, for at least uh, short term. Uh, but of course, uh, this uh, whole area is is evolving so fast that it's, uh, as I already said, hard to predict. Uh, you know what the what the generative AI will. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Be capable of even like a year from now. I want to shift gears just a little bit and um, talk about the users, the recruiters. Are they ready for this? Do they understand the technology well enough or or will it be hidden from them so it doesn't matter? Uh, so first of all, it, it matters. It matters. And, uh, and uh, I disagree that uh, users need to kind of see this as a, as a useful black box and not to concern themselves with how it works. Uh, I think every organization, at least uh, uh, on the organizational level, needs to have the expertise in order to understand uh, what uh, this technology is doing. Uh, otherwise, they will be sold something that uh, is potentially not useful and dangerous. So uh, it's something that every organization should be uh, should be actually vetting with the level of knowledge that uh, makes them comfortable that they're buying the right uh, products and and uh, using them for the right purposes. So uh, is this uh, how it is today uh, in the industry? No, clearly it's not the case. Uh, obviously we're working with customers um, and uh, we're seeing different uh, level of expertise in this area. Um, unfortunately, uh, more on the side of uh, lacking the expertise. And, uh, and clearly, um, HR is not ready for this. HR is not known for being uh, particularly, uh, you know, advanced parts of uh, organizations, for most parts. There are some notable exceptions. And that will need to change. But that said, I think uh, nobody is ready for this technology. Nobody is truly prepared. And I think that's a, that's a problem um, on a societal level for us, not just in HR. That said, can you sketch out the next, say, 36 to 48 months for me, how you see this all proceeding and expanding over that time? So uh, I think there's going to be uh, a lot of attempts to uh, to AI generative, and there's going to be definitely a lot of uh, attention on generative AI because this is uh, all the rage right now. Uh, and uh, and I think some of these uh, attempts will be unsuccessful. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, noise on the market, uh, a lot of uh, 
kind of new offering just popping up overnight uh, because again everything is moving so fast and frankly i think there's going to be uh hard for companies to make sense of uh, everything that uh kind of all of a sudden uh, became available on the market and uh, and truly uh decide uh what what they should be adopting and what they uh, should be staying away from because there's definitely going to be a range of uh, of solutions not all of them are going to be good in fact i think minority of them will be in fact uh, good and uh, uh, providing value for companies there's also uh, a clear distinction between you know something that is purely cost saving and uh, for example you can use an um you know something like a resume um a scanner whatever you call it right something that analyzes the resumes and uh, and and deciding based on the resume uh, whether somebody is a good fit or not i personally think it's uh it's a, a type of technology that can be definitely uh cost saving and uh, and allowing recruiters to not do it manually uh but uh, is it really uh, a good technology that uh, helps organizations to achieve better results in hiring? I believe not. Uh, I think there's, uh, there's, again, a lot of uh, potential biases involved in this process. And, uh, and uh, one additional factor that uh, we all need to keep in mind that AI is now available not only for recruiters, first and foremost, it's available for job seekers. Uh, they will use it. They will use it intensively. And this is uh, going to become an arm race of sorts, right? Where uh, basically uh, candidates will, uh, will optimize their CVs to better uh, fit the job descriptions. And, uh, and uh, companies will try to optimize their selection based on this resumes uh, to again find somebody who fits better to their job selection. So I think the results are going to be um, less than ideal. And th- this is just one example of uh, such what I consider to be misuse of AI or not productive use of AI. And and uh, I think it's going to be a daunting job for companies to actually understand uh, what uh, is just cost saving, but not uh, beneficial for the sake of uh, companies' success in hiring, and what is uh, actually something that potentially not as uh, cost saving, but will impact their bottom line in terms of hiring best uh, fit candidates, or what is potentially both cost saving and uh, beneficial for uh, for the end result. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging a uh, uh, couple of years for sure, because uh, as you said, there are some big companies who are jumping into the fray for sure. Uh, talent management is not uh, their main attention, and it will not be because, again, I think this uh, this is uh, the area where where it's not so clear what is the right solution right now. Maybe for some exceptions as i mentioned i think in the talent uh, development it's definitely going to be pretty clear uh, the kind of stuff that uh, will need to happen uh, in 
talent sourcing uh, a little less clear, like in the, in any kind of marketing adjunct uh, space, but uh, in talent selection, it's definitely going to be uh, potentially dangerous. So, uh, so, so the attempts will be made in all of these uh, areas above, and uh, and I think it's going to be every company's job to see uh, through it and to understand what is the right solution for them. Well, Gershon, thanks very much for spending your time with me this morning. It was great to talk with you. Great to meet you. Yeah, same here. My guest today has been Gershon Gorin, the CEO of CanGrade. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.